Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Fran Lee. Fran is the owner of Angels with Fran. She is a spiritual mentor, coach, speaker, and author. Her goal is to empower you to create a fabulous life and a business that you love. And today we're going to talk about the power of intentions and manifestations. I'm absolutely thrilled to have Fran on our show today. I've been following her for quite some time now on social media. She's entirely inspiring and has lifted me up daily, and I'm so excited, Fran, to have you on the show. Welcome. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that introduction. I appreciate that. Absolutely. We like to get started with our guest telling our audience a little bit about themselves. Would you like to start with that? How do you help business owners think differently about their businesses? Well, uh, you know, I think that there's a range of business owners, right? So, and I provide a couple of different services. On the, on the coaching and consulting side of my business, I think that's what I truly do is, is I help to educate. I think that's the key word, educate business owners on both their opportunities as well as I open their eyes up to what they need to commit to. Uh, certainly when it comes to a personal brand uh, and certainly when it comes to their own business if, if it's a smaller business, right? So, right. you know, I, I educate them on their opportunities. I help them to uncover and really visibly see, you know, who their target audience is online, what their online behaviors are, how to engage them in an authentic way, which is not a piece of cake. You know, it's not like what I'm talking about, steps one, two, and three. It actually does take time, effort, and uh, it takes listening, and that's really what social media was born on, which was data mining. So for business owners, um, and that's why I'm launching on my on. Fran, let's get started again. Can you start with telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes. Um, hi, my name is Fran, and um, Janice did a great job of introducing me. Um, I am an author, a mom. I am a spiritual teacher and a spiritual guide. Um, I teach classes, and I help to empower women, empower people to live their best life ever. Um, I'm a mom. I call myself a a mommypreneur because I have um, two children that I affectionately call my double A's, Asia and Ashton. And that's just a little bit about who I am. Well, I love that. A mommypreneur? Yes. That's that's (laughs) wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, How did you know that this was your calling and purpose, Fran? Well, actually, Janice, to tell you the, to tell you the truth, for many, many years, I didn't know. I, um, I actually ran from doing this, to be honest with you. Um, I worked in corporate America for 25 years. Um, I was in, in management. Um, I had a job, went to school, got a degree, got married, did all the traditional stuff, um, not really thinking that this was my purpose. But 
all my life I felt like I had something else to do. I mean, I think that when we are really placed here, we are placed here for a specific purpose, that we all have things to do. And sometimes we just don't really want to do what we are supposed to be doing. So we take detours, and I took a lot of detours. Um, about the time mm-hmm. that I was 18 years old, um, we, I was raised um, um, in one religion, and by the time I was 18, we changed over to another religion. And at this time, I met the bishop who would later um, kind of guide me, and he would always tell me, you have a job to do. You have a job to do. And it seems like everywhere I went from the time I was like 13, people would say, you have a job to do. And when you're young, you don't want to hear you have a job to do. You just want to do what makes what you think makes you happy. And so that's what right. I did. Um, but after I had my daughter, my life changed. There was um, a, a feeling of needing to do more, like wanting to do more. And I was drawn to helping people. I was drawn to giving people information that I was given and knowing that that information came from God, but not knowing really how to relay that to people. You know, because you just want to be normal, right? You don't want to be different. You want to be normal. Right. You want to fit in. And that was my biggest right. challenge was being different. Um, uh-huh. Especially so, when you're 13. Yeah, oh, that's a geez. hard age when you're 13, yeah. And can you imagine I didn't have any friends, right, because you, you kind of know when somebody's telling the truth. You have that knowing of, you know, what, some people call it intuition. Some people call it discernment. Some people call it the gift of prophecy. You have that gift, and you know when people are telling you the truth. So you really don't fit in. And plus, at, at 13, I was 5'11", had this huge hair. So I was already different. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was really different because <laughs> – I had this gift that I did not really know how to use, and it was kind of taboo in my in my in my home because I have a very spiritual, spiritually diverse background. We were, you know, we had we were Catholic and we had Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. um, Native American spirituality. So there was a lot going on, and I was really told to just be quiet. <laughs> mm. So so you were struggling with, is this something, you know, that is uh, a gift from God or is this something on the dark side, you know? And uh, was this something that your parents told you or was it more um, relayed through your spirituality and, and your relationship with with the bishop and the church? It was, my, it was more of my relationship with, with God. My mother, my great-grandmother... Yeah. And my grandmother all have the gift of discernment. So it's, it's, it wasn't taboo, and I knew it wasn't dark. I just didn't Good. know where it fit, where it fit. That was my thing. Uh, I grew up Catholic. Um, I went to Catholic uh, grade school, Catholic high school, Catholic college. My kids attended Catholic school. So, you know, in, 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 in certain religions, you're taught that you're not worthy to hear. You can't hear from God. Why would God talk to you, you know? And so I think mm-hmm. that that was my struggle of just feeling worthy and honoring the gift that I had. And I always say now, looking back, that my mother and grandmother were uh, closet spiritualists because they operated in the gift and they did it, but they didn't do it outwardly. And, you know, I tell people I was spiritual when spirituality wasn't cool. Right now, everyone is, is open to it. Everyone understands it. 
But back when I was younger, it was taboo. But I never, ever thought it was dark. I always knew it was a gift from God. I prayed constantly. I always read my Bible, which I still do. And I understand mm-hmm. it now. But I think I had a hard time just finding out how this fits. And there was a lot of why me that was involved. Why me? Mm-hmm. So you went through, so you kind of took the safe route at the beginning, and you said you had 25 years in corporate America. What was your aha moment that that you decided, okay, you know, I, I have more to do in this world? Like, did you have an aha moment? I did. I had a couple of aha moments. I actually, um, I, I had a couple of aha moments. But the biggest one was in in the morning, I used to be very ritualistic, so I had to get up. I had to read my word for this amount of time. I had to pray for this amount of time. Um, But one morning, um, a week before I actually transitioned from or lost my job, actually, um, I was reading my word, and I kept hearing spirits say, you have something to do. You have something to do, and you need to make a choice. And it was like it was a choice between life or death. So it kind of frightened me. But I understood it to be spiritual life or death. Like, either I was going to be awake and operate on purpose, or I was going to continue to be asleep and just walk around allowing life to happen to me. And that's something that I teach in my intention classes, is that either you're happening to life or life is happening to you. There are no accidents, no coincidences. You're either designing your life or life passing by default. And so I knew that it was time for me to step out, but I just didn't know how. And I had, um, I became a spiritualist and was operating in my gifts in, in the spiritualist church under this wonderful lady named Lita Goff, who's now passed over, and my mentor, who was 86, named, her name is Eleanor. And I was operating in this gift, but I was afraid. I didn't want to not have my job. I did not want to have, not have my paycheck. I didn't want to not be able to take care of my family. And so I right. kept feeling it and feeling it. And one day I went to work. I was off the day before. <laughs> went to work, and uh, I had a team of 12 people, and there was this foreboding. I felt this foreboding, like, today's the day. Today's the day. About 2.45, I was called into the office and told that they were letting me go. And there was no reason, and I wanted to argue, but I couldn't. And there was this peace that came over me. It was a peace like no other peace that I'd ever felt. And at that point, I realized that I was just being divinely redirected. And that's how it happened. Wow. So I I like that, divinely redirected. And especially in that kind of situation, right, in that situation, which in normal, uh, you know, life, it would be where it it would be devastating, but instead you felt uh, peace. I like that. I did. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I didn't have a lot of peace afterwards, (laughs) but I felt peaceful at that moment. (laughs) Well... That that's a good thing. So, what did you do after that? I'm really curious. What, how did you make that transition over into using your gift? Well, and, well, and not I, getting I, that regular paycheck. Oh boy, it was tough. My daughter was uh, getting ready to go into college, and so I sat on the couch for two weeks. My son was was uh, still in school, and 
my daughter was getting ready to enter college, and I sat on the couch for two weeks after I sent them both off for school, and I cried and I prayed and I asked why did this happen to me. Like, I felt like I was really doing enough. Like, I was doing it in church. I was helping people. I was coaching people on the weekends. So I really felt like I was doing enough, and I just didn't understand what else. What else do you want from me, God? What what do you want? (laughs) What else do you want me to do, you know? And I kept hearing, do you trust me? And I said, of course I trust you. And I kept hearing, do you trust me? And I kept being led to uh, books and scriptures about trust and faith, and I was just like, oh, of course I trust you. But at that moment, I had, the aha moment came when I realized that I was so depending on that God, on that job. I was so depending on myself to create this wealth that I really wasn't trusting God to do what He said He would do for me, which is allow me to right. prosper and provide for me. I wasn't walking in that faith. I was tithing, but then I wasn't believing that God would open the doors. So I had to sit back and kind of reevaluate my relationship and my faith in God and understand that when you have faith, you have it, and you trust and you believe, and you know that you know. And my grandmother used to say that all the time when we were little. She said, you just have to know that you know. And at that moment, I realized that I wasn't depending on God. I was depending on myself. So I surrendered. And as I surrendered, I was led to places. I met people. I met this wonderful lady named Marla at this event. And um, actually, it was another person channeling. And I had went to the event. And mm-hmm. as the person was giving the messages, I was getting messages for people. But I didn't want to say anything. But I met this lady named Marla, and I had a message for her. And it was pretty powerful. And it was about something that she really needed to know. And when I gave her that message, she said to me, who, who are you? And I said, wow. well, my name is Fran, and I'm just, you know. She invited me someplace, Janice, and she introduced me to these people, and the doors just kind of flew open from there. So I actually went from doing these readings in the back of a little bitty salon to what I now do. So it's amazing. It, it really is amazing, and I'm, I'm humbly in awe at how um, how divinely guided my life has been. It, it, it really is amazing. Well, you you put your trust in, in God, and look what happened. You know, I <laughs> I have um, read all kinds of quotes from you, and I, I love what you post. And, again, it, it has uplifted me, as I'm sure it's uplifted, you know, everybody following you. And one of them is, if you keep rushing, you just might miss what the universe has in store for you. Slow down and enjoy the process. Hmm. And I think that was, that's really that's really powerful. So at some point you took those two weeks, you had to slow down just to – just to catch your breath and figure out, you know, as your grandmother said, you know what you know and go for it. And you did. You went for I it. I did. And you, I did. And you know, I have to, I have to say this um, because I, there is no, no ego here for me. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and, and, and I, I learned when I, when I was in corporate America, I, I obviously was operating a lot of ego because I felt like I was making things happen. And what the biggest thing that this journey has taught me is is that no person or circumstance 
can give you what you truly need, that we really have the power with, because we're all connected to the divine source of the universe. And I think that that's so hard for us to, to get to because we look at the physical reality of things all the time. And a lot of times mm-hmm. when I sit down and I write those quotes or I write things, I simply ask, what, what do you want me to know today? Or what do you want me to tell people today? How can I help somebody? And honestly, I really just want my life to be used. Like, I want to be the light. I always tell people, let's light the world. I really want people to understand that it's so much bigger than, um, you know, a, a, a person or a place or a thing. It's really a connection that we all have. And we all have the ability to hear. We all have the ability to manifest. We all have the ability to create whatever life we choose. But we have to realize that we have to choose it. Right. And I think that a lot of us, yeah, I think a lot of us get stuck with the choosing part. We don't realize we have that power. And we give our power away, especially as women. So much we give, we give so much of ourselves away to everyone else. We never take time to reinvest back into ourselves, and that's the most powerful thing that you can do is realize that who you are and who you are. And I think that that's why it took me so long because I never really honored who I was. You know, being um, being you know um, a, a, a curvier woman, as I say, and being tall and looking different. You know, I I don't look like society says I should look or says I should be. So then you suffer those self-worth things when you're growing up. You you suffer those issues. So unless you really take time to reinvest in yourself and honor who you are, you never really come back to who you were sent forth to be. Right. Right. And 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 that's – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, no, I was going to say, you, you know, you, yeah, it, it is. And, and, you know, you've mentioned having um, children and a family. Um, how did that come into play? How did you balance all of that? I'm really curious. I, I like through your corporate experience and then in that transition, were your children older during that transition? Uh, my daughter was getting ready to go into college, but my son was very young. My son was at that mm. time, I think, oh, geez, three or four years old. Um, oh, you know, nice. it was very difficult to to balance all that. Um, at that point, um, I had been a single mom with my with my with my children for a long time, and then I was married in, in a eighteen year relationship that just was not. A good relationship, and and that's where I learned that two people can't to heal two hurt people can't heal each other, and that's a whole nother journey. Right. Um, but I had to learn how to be a mom and also be um, a, a businesswoman, I guess is what you would call it uh, in corporate America, mm-hmm. being a businesswoman. But starting my own business, it was a really hard balance because, as you know, I'm sure, when you own your own business, you work all the time. And right. you don't want to neglect anybody or anything. I had a mom at that point that was older that needed me, and I, had, I felt like I was being pulled in a lot of different directions. So I would pray daily for balance. Like, I needed balance, and I needed 
um, I asked for, for God and my angels to remove things from me that were distractions. So I had to get rid of distractions. I had to get rid of people that didn't understand the calling that I had on my life and who weren't going that direction, which was very hard because some of those people were really, really close to me. Some of those people were family members right. that I had to disconnect from. Um, I had right. to, I had to find the balance, and that was probably the most difficult part of transitioning into what I do now was finding the balance. I, I think the balance is really key, um, especially for women. Um, I read somewhere recently, and it's really made me think, and you just mentioned it. Um, this quote said, if you're not losing friends, you're not growing. <laughs> and that. I've thought so much about that because, you know, you just mentioned you had to move on from some friendships and relationships, even family members, um, that were distractions to you. Mm-hmm. That's true. I did, and it was hard. I, uh, as I said, I ended, um, I ended an 18-year relationship uh, with someone that I thought was my soul, my soulmate. Like that, I, I mean, when that relationship ended, it was devastating. It was, it was a devastating thing for me because it was all I knew for 18 years, and it was, it was important to me. So to have that go away. Um, that's when I wrote um, Love According to the Angels, which is like the little tiny daily meditations. But I was asking because I was seeking. I wanted that love, but I wanted good love. And so mm-hmm. I went, I was single for a long time. I was single for a long time because I felt like in order for me to do what I needed to do, I needed isolation. And sometimes you have to be isolated to grow. And I think that right. the problem is is that we want to bring people with us. We want to bring, you know, you want to bring your family, you want to bring your boyfriend, you want to bring, you know, your neighbor, and everybody can't go where you're going. Sometimes everybody just can't go. And that was hard for me because by nature I like people and I like to be around people and to, you know, have to disconnect from family members that just didn't understand um, to have to not have friends and and to sit some days, Janice, I would be in my house and I would sit in silence for hours. I wouldn't answer the phone. I wasn't on the computer. Nothing. I was listening to what to what God was saying to me and what what was going into my spirit. And it was it was lonely sometimes, but then the loneliness faded, and I was content with knowing that there was something greater happening. Right. Well, you need that yeah. silence, and you need to learn to be alone. Absolutely. I've, I've been in that same situation. I bet. And, and I bet. also, too, friend, not yeah, not everybody's gonna going to uh, follow you along with what your passion and your mission is. And so it takes a really strong person, you know, to to get through it and to persevere. And to, and to do what you're doing. And so my next question for you is, what is the biggest thing that you've learned on your journey? Just what you just said, everybody's not going to like you. That mm-hmm. everybody's not going to like you. Uh, the biggest thing is that, that you, you can't please everybody and everybody's not, not going to like you. And that some things that happen to you in private are not for the public. Right. And I 
those those are hard things to learn um, because, you know, we're creatures of, of, of nature. We want people to like us. Of course you want people to like you. So when somebody doesn't like you, you take it personally. And one of my favorite books is The Four Agreements, and I have read it so many times. And that the, the agreement, the first agreement is you can't take anything personal. And I have mm-hmm. that pent up in my office. I have it posted in my office. I have it laminated and carried in my day runner. I mean, I'm sorry, that's not the first one. The first one is to be impeccable with your words. I'm sorry. The second one is don't take anything okay. personal. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't take anything personal. That's the second one. But that's my first one. Don't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. Because when, when you put yourself out there, you're going to be attacked in every way possible. And, 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 I've, and I've also learned that, you know, negative energy has a job to do, just like positive energy. So when you put yourself out there, of course the negative energy is going to say, ah, you're not that, or you can't do that, or don't do that. Or you just have to learn how to shine, and you have to learn how to surround yourself with the white light and move forward in what your soul is calling you to do. Because our soul is calling us constantly to connect to our higher purpose, and we just have to do what we're supposed to do. And following your gut, and normally if we do that, it leads us into the the right direction. Um, Fran, you've mentioned your mom. You've also mentioned a few other mentors in your life, and I I think you said Lita, but I'm not sure, Eleanor and Amarla Uh as a mentor. Now, you also mentioned your mother, and if I had to ask you what virtue your mother instilled in you growing up, what would that be? Um, Faith. I'm sorry, I I lost my mother a year and a half ago, and uh, we're coming up on an anniversary, so I'm sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, You're fine. (laughs) You're fine. Um, (laughs) It it, it was faith. It was was faith. Mm -hmm. My mother was a big faith, faith and prayer. Those Those were the two things that I think I heard every single day of my life, <laughs> every every single day. You have to have faith and you have to pray. So those two things stuck with me. And I tell people I have crazy faith because I really believe that God can do anything. Like, anything. there's nothing impossible through God, mm-hmm. nothing. And, right. and, and people look at me and they, and they say, really? And I said, my whole life, is a manifestation and co-creation with God, every single thing to this point. And it's because I have faith in the process, and I know that God will do what he says. So yeah, those are the two things I think that, that, that I got, um, was faith and, and to pray constantly. Well, those are the two most important. And you have two children, and what yes, virtue would you – what virtue would you say that you're or have tried to instill in your children? I, one thing is to just be who you are, because for many years I ran from being who I was. So I um, I really try to teach my kids that it's okay to be who you are. And even if that's different and even if it's not what everybody else is or what people think you should be, it's okay to be who you are. And um, the other thing is the faith process, having faith. Like, mm-hmm. 
You have to have faith. And even if you just have the smallest of seeds, the mustard seed of faith, if you exercise that faith, it will grow. And so I think that those are the two things that I, that I tell them all the time. You have to believe and you have to be yourself. I, I love that. I love all of all of what you mentioned about your mother, too, the faith and the prayer and believing who you are. Um, back to your business. I'm, I'm kind of – we're running out of time, but I'm very curious oh, okay. to – because I've followed you on social media, and when did that come into play where you were able to – what it what it appears to be, you know, sort of branch out and and have so many many more opportunities to have uh, followers and listeners with social media. When did that happen? You know, I I think that my social media actually started growing. Like I look at my my Facebook page and I'm amazed. I I think it, it finally started growing maybe two or three years ago, and I think it was just because I was putting myself out there. Um, I was just saying what I was given, and I was putting myself out there without apologies. So I used to mm-hmm. – I have I people tell me sometimes, oh, you have a lot of God stuff, or you, you have a lot of, you know, um, Jesus stuff, or you have a lot of angel stuff. Or, and people always come at you with, with all kinds of things because it doesn't set right with them. So what I learned to do was listen and follow instructions from the spirit. So I, and once I started doing that, that's when I noticed that the numbers started changing. I try not to get caught up in the numbers because you look and you say, wow, I have 15,000 followers. And then you post something and two people like it. And you're like, Hey, (laughs) what happened? But what I do is I put out there, (laughs) I put out there what I'm given and what I'm feeling at that moment. And I hope that it resonates with someone and if it helps somebody, then I'm happy. And if that's just one person, I'm okay. So probably in the last couple of years, I've noticed that it's changed. And I've been contacted by you, by you, your wonderful show. I love it. I listen to your show. I love what you do, and I'm Thank so you. thankful and grateful for you. You are just so Thank powerful in and, and, and helping us women who are trying to make a difference. You are making a difference. So thank you for the opportunity to be here, and thank oh, you for what you do. It's my my pleasure. I've, I I can't wait to follow you some more. It's just, you know, I could I could talk to you for another 30 minutes. Um, we didn't oh, talk you. about your book, um, and uh, you mentioned your love according to the angels, which is something that, that was that your first book. And can you tell our listeners what kind of offerings you have? And oh, oh, sure. Yeah, my first book was actually Angel Messages, Volume One. But love according to my okay. angels, love according to the angels was my second book, and all of my books are on Amazon, and I think they're in Borders, and also on my website. Um, I do one-on-one sessions, I do private sessions, I do group coaching, I do one-on-one coaching, um, I teach intention class, prosperity one-on-one, one-on-one. I teach all kind of classes, and everything is on my website um, at www.angelswithfriends.org. Um, I I kind of do all things spiritual, and that's what what I tell people. I I'm like the one stop spirit shop. I do all things spiritual. I love that one stop spirit shop. That's perfect, yeah. and that that, <laughs> yeah. that that perfectly explains everything that you do. 
That's terrific. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll be in Dallas, actually. I don't know if you have any listeners in Dallas, but in July I'll be in Dallas doing a woman's retreat. So, again, I am amazed at how this has grown. It's it's amazing. Well, I um, thank you so much for being on the show. And for our listeners, she's on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, where I found all kinds of information on her, plus following her on Facebook. And um, it's www.com slash angels with Fran, and that's Twitter. And you can follow her, like I said, on all those three social media sites. Um, again, thank you so much. Such an inspiration for me and such an inspiration for our, our listeners. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And many blessings to you. Many blessings to you, too. Ladies, I am so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of the ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer, and here are some of the first words she hears. new oncogene. Aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, You can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. You've been listening to the Tal Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, Or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.telljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice.